to your making it worse. We're here. We're queer. Who cares? I'm Elliot Glazer. And I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. Textual healing. So um, this news will be a tad bit dated by the time this airs, but this isn't a news podcast, so... <laughs> we're telling you and both so lower your expectations everyone well that i mean if you're getting news when, from us you're you've you've gone foul <laughs> right well also in all honesty like when when i'm looking for like news in the lgbt world it really is kind of i don't know at least for the purposes of our podcast or just general conversation it's either really depressing and right. um and like legislational yeah, or yeah. I think you should let the listener. I mean, people listening right now. Of course, you can go to Patreon and hear all the things that we do, I mean, like outside of this. But you can also sound off. Like we don't necessarily have to only be talking about things related to queer topics and news things, because for us, everything can essentially be a queer-related topic. And so, like, sure. you know, if but, if there's something you want, DM us. Basically, yeah. Right? I mean, but, it's because it, it just feels like there's like gay, depressing legislation news and then yeah right get queer like sort of pop psychology slash celebrity news and like there really isn't much in the middle which is why it's fascinating to look at gay blogs and see what they cover because they either are complaining on you know rightly so about homophobic legislation or they're using a shirtless picture of some celebrity to gay yeah. to <laughs> yeah, right. you know wrap you into a a, a larger conversation about some oh. something. However, I did notice a rock and hard place. Yeah, I did notice that you did not put in the textual healing I suggested of the guy who had the orgy at the Airbnb and then started a GoFundMe <laughs> to raise money to pay for the damages that the orgy. <gasps> oh, oh my God! Wait, I totally what? forgot. <laughs> it was a stupid story. It's literally there. It should not be a discussion. But there was a guy, and again, I'm I'm loose on the details. Well, but one of our one of our listeners sent us in. In, um, sent us in something and I was exchanged like I was talking with them about it and it basically someone rented an Airbnb I believe it was Airbnb and and they had a massive orgy and it like destroyed the place it like the, the owners came back and they were like what the fuck and so they of course they filed a suit or whatever happens with Airbnb to yeah. basically make the person who rented the place pay for all of the damages and stuff and of course the person is broke as fuck because they're just like a thirsty homosexual who just wanted to, you know, get, yeah. get, get rimmed for a weekend, which is the story right. of Blazer's life. And he, <laughs> he, he then he then started like a GoFundMe or something like it to raise money to help. Or, or maybe he just asked from a PayPal donations. I don't know. But he asked from yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. to help pay off what he has to pay off for his orgy because he felt like he was being judged for his sex positive life. <laughs> oh, that is absolutely that is appalling. oh I, now i know why i know i know i know why i didn't use i didn't i now i know why i didn't put it in textual healing because it's oh, cause so depressing <laughs> no because it's so depressing i can't yeah. give that i can't give it's so funny it's so funny it's so funny i'll say this though that's not just a, i mean I'm, i know you're not making this point alan but that's not just a gay thing i follow a lot of bodybuilding 20 year olds on instagram <laughs> okay and with my fake account and when you go to their link trees, obviously praying for an OnlyFans, it's rarely there. They always have an Amazon wish list and yeah. their Venmo attached. And like, yeah. I'm sure they're making nothing, but you're like, wait, you 
you know, posing at a planet fitness <laughs> in, in your, in your briefs. Like you think I should send you $40 for that. I do, love, I do love the flex. I mean, I, I don't have a fake account to follow those accounts cause I use them on my main friend. <laughs> I let people know I'm me. Um, but uh -huh. what I love is when people post those like thirsty, like Insta pictures from planet fitness. I know. <laughs> I'm like, we all know you're paying ten dollars a ten month for that, like ratty little cum filled bathroom. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. No, it's I, it's so silly. Anyway, Elliot, why don't you why don't you leave this just well, just to finish. I mean, just the the it, this, I was going to say this story will be a little dated, but nevertheless, it is interesting because it sort of falls somewhere between legislative and like pop psychology. But Mike Pence was making a joke at Ooh, the what a stud. At the annual gridiron dinner in Washington last weekend um, and referred to was making a joke about Pete Buttigieg, um, the secretary of uh, housing and urban development. Is that right? Did I do that? Right? I don't uh, even know. For sure. I think secretary of transportation. Yeah. Transportation. transportation. I'm thinking of, uh, thinking of, of another cabinet. I'm thinking of Ben Carson. <laughs> yeah. I don't like Ben Carson. He, he was that. He was like, yeah, that he was. That. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Anyway. So he was talking, he was trying to make a joke about B Pete Buttigieg saying, Pete is the only person in human history to have a child and everyone else gets postpartum depression. Now, first of all, this joke is, I guess, I guess, I mean, a tad funny, but apparently it, it, it is made funny. Before. It, it is funny. Yeah, it's, it's fine. It is it's fine. Funny. I don't, I don't like Wait. Let me just back it up. I'm not saying the subject matter and the intent of the joke is funny. I'm just saying if I said that to a friend who had a baby, it would be hilarious. It I don't disagree. Be, it would be so funny. So on its own, is... as a joke, right? Don't don't get your panties in a hurl there, Brent. <laughs> I'm just saying the actual the, the physical words of the joke are funny. The, the intent, premise, the intent of it is homophobic and 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 not good. It's bad. So I, when I started reading this, Elliot's, Elliot writes very thoughtful prompts for our discussions on the podcast. And I started reading this and I, when I started reading that Mike Pence said something about Buttigieg, I, I started rolling my eyes. I'm like, oh my God, I'm sure he did, whatever he said wasn't that bad. And this is like the first time ever I read that. I read the jokes that Pence made and I was like, oh, that's actually fucking shitty. That's like kind of dumb. Oh no! And it, like it I was, shitty. I'm surprised to hear Alan dumb, say that. I'm just no, surprised. It's dumb. The the why he did it is dumb and shitty. But I'm just saying, actual text of the joke. If I literally, if I said, I think if I said that if, to like like one of our friends who had a baby, you guys would die of laughter because it's. So I, I think it's I think it's a funny premise to say about somebody who is in on the joke and probably gave yeah. birth themselves. But of course, the fact that Mike Pence, who is virulently anti-gay and has act caused actual destruction yeah. uh towards the gay community an like a firsthand the outbreak in, in the outbreak yes. in modern yeah in like modern times yeah um but the fact that he did that and said that and then uh and and by the way like it didn't just happen that he took paternity leave Pete Buttigieg and his husband adopted twins who were born premature and spent yeah. weeks in the hospital in 2021 um so it was like and on top of all of that, I mean, anybody with a brain could tell you that that joke stinks of homophobia when it comes from Mike Pence. I, mean, I think right. I'm kind of in, I'm kind of of two minds because the dinner, what was the name of the dinner? The, the, the Gridiron Club dinner. Gridiron dinner is sort of like in a weird way, the um, 
White House, uh, White House, yeah, yeah, yeah correspondence, correspondence to conservatives. It's their it's their version of that for conservatives, and it is notorious for being bad jokes and like all of like the shitty conservative things. That said, I don't like that you can make fun of somebody's family in that way. I think that's kind of a shitty thing to do, and I don't even like it when the White House press court like I don't like when they go for like the kids and shit because yeah, just, like, yeah, it's just stupid and pointless. But I also am like. It is that dinner, like it's the plate. the The time and place was right it's, for it's sort of a roast comment. environment. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. My favorite but, thing was when. But, oh, sorry. No, but the kicker is with this Fox News outside of this, and why so many people in that room laughed at the <laughs> time because this is not the babies aren't really even babies anymore. I think they're no. like almost a year old or something. Like they're 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 yeah, they're, uh, they're like th- yeah, two or three. And and so this this isn't a hot news item. This whole. <laughs> paternity leave that he took but because for the past year and because uh of everything that happened in the ohio train spill with with Mm -hmm. bethlehem all the things that happened around that or what what was the city called i forget now it doesn't matter but yeah pete Buttigieg is getting a lot of shit for that because he is of course his department palestine and palestine thank you and um and they they they're giving him a lot of shit for that and they're using the paternity leave that he took as a joke on Fox News to be like, oh, well, maybe he didn't take enough maternity leave or paternity leave. Maybe he needed more time to be able to do his job when he came back. And like, oh, interesting. they're using yeah. that. And so the timing of it is also really shitty, you know? But he also, but he also called it maternity leave. So I think it's a mix of, it's, you know, basically yeah, calling course. him a woman. It's, you know, de- uh, uh, de- emasculating him for being, for being gay. And the, you know, the, the, and also on top of it, the joke was made before by like Tucker Carlson or yeah, something. It's been, it's the been, joke has been made several yeah, times. Yeah. So it's an already a stale joke. Um, yeah. And I will also add to that. Uh, uh, Alyssa Farah, Alyssa Farah Griffith or whatever her name is. She's like on the, the on the view. She's like the conservative. She was like, I will say, I do love the gridiron. I love the gridiron club dinner. Cause everybody makes like Chris rock style jokes. And I'm like, Oh, I don't think <laughs> no, the jokes are that's delivered not Chris rock girl. style. But what's so but, uh, gross about this is that like, like, it's just like the whole drag queen story hour thing too. Like I hate when conservatives do things about stuff that I already hate. Like I already don't like <laughs> really dealing with children half the time. And I don't like, people i don't care about pete Buttigieg or chasten i find them to be like the white gay couple at the bar who would probably put me to sleep like i just find them to yeah. be very milk toast and boring and i don't i don't get why i mean i support his politics but i don't they're just boring people to me yeah and i hate when conservatives do things and then make me stand up for things that i already am kind of lukewarm about <laughs> like it pisses yeah, me right. off and it's happening right. a lot these days but that said uh i just want to give a little peek behind the curtain uh, for our listeners, Alan is wearing a Pence 2024 t-shirt right now. So. <laughs> no, I am wearing a Naomi Smalls shirt. Thank you. Support drag queens. She doesn't need it, but, you know, uh, local ones. <laughs> Not even joking. We are joined today by my favorite film villain from the film About a Boy. I'll talk about it. We have stuff to talk about, <laughs> Augustus. Augustus Prue, you're my favorite film villain. Oh, what an honor. I'm honored. Thank you so much. It was my first movie. I peaked. I peaked early. It's been downhill since then. No, not at all. But you were such a little shit in that film. So you played Hugh Grant's love interest, like Rachel Weiss's son. Rachel Weiss. Yeah. 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 And you were a little shit. I was a little shit. Yeah. That was my first. That was my first movie. 
I was really, I was, um, I had no idea what I was doing. Literally none at all. But she, she's, um, she looked after me very well. She's very sweet, Rachel. She's like one of those people like when I'm, when I'm, I'm now, I've gotten to the stage where I'm now the old person on set, which is a really, I only realized this like maybe two years ago. Cause I was like, we were doing Lord of the Rings and I was like, yeah, when are we all going out together? You know, like I'm like 35, whatever. And they're all, and they were looking at me like, I don't know what the fuck you're going out, but old guy. I was like, oh my God, it happened. I became. I recently had, I, 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 I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I, no, cut me off, baby. I recently had this, this transition as well, where I, I guess mm -hmm. I always had older, largely older friends. I mean, Elliot and Alan are, are I guess the first time I'll concede on the podcast my age. Uh, but um, <laughs> but like generally speaking, I've had older friends age? and like more yes, mature friends. Age, and then you didn't actually say your age. What is your age? Oh, um, I mean, 30s, 30s-ish. <laughs> definitely, 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 you know, whatever, like Augie, late 20s. Augie, you are the first person to put Brent on blast to reveal <laughs> his age. And for that, you will forever be my favorite guest. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> Alan will love you until the end of time now. <laughs> Alan's literally like twice my age, just so you know. But regardless. <laughs> um uh, no, but regard anyway, all, all of this is to say, like, yeah, like I recently was like, oh, I'm no longer the young person in the group. If anything, I'm like, Jesus, I'm like kind of pushing the older person in the group of guys or girls who are going to the bar that tonight or something. It's weird. Someone called me a veteran the other day. I was like, a fucking veteran. <laughs> oh, were you a veteran? Really? What were like of acting? I don't know. I I guess I, I was. I was 10 when I started. Yeah. So it's my 26th year, which is quite a long time if you think about it, I yeah. suppose. Yeah. I'm not like, like a veteran, I'm like, you know, gnarled up, you know, missing a limb, you know, just like, it's all gone, it's all gone, you know, everything's just all falling apart, sort of, you know. Right. I don't know. <laughs> right. I'm hoping I'm not giving off that kind of like, you know, you know trusty vibe. I was wondering, how did you get started in acting as a kid? Were you just a precocious kid who knew you wanted to get into the business? Like, how does that, how does that, I always, I'm always curious how that begins for a child actor. I kind of was quite precocious. I, uh, there was an after school drama club called Stagecoach that was like shit. It was like a thing that you did on Saturday, but it was crap. It was like, you know, just very basic whatever and then my teacher was like there's a better one that you should go to and I felt so cool that I'd been yeah. singled out so I went to this better one and a casting director came and started to like watch sessions and she was casting about a boy and I had done an Eric Clapton video Ooh. like two years before wow tears in heaven tears in heaven yeah it was my father's eyes oh i love that song <laughs> which is a quite a fun song from the 90s and i'm i'm there's this bit where there's like old men and young and young boys kind of like spliced together like oh you become an old person i was one of them <laughs> but i obviously felt like the coolest person of all time and and then this casting director came and was like oh I want him to, to maybe he'd be interesting for this movie. And then I put the movie and then blah, 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 it gets work. But my parents were trying to kind of talk me out of it. They wanted me to be like a lawyer or something. 
Where did you grow up? By, by the way, they're right. The, I mean, we all they should are, have become lawyers, but we ended up not doing that. So. <laughs> I stand by that. They were totally 100% right. Um, where did I grow up? I grew up in, I grew up in like central West London. Essentially, I grew up in Notting Hill, but I actually grew up in the poor neighborhood outside of Notting Hill. Not because I was from a particularly poor family. We weren't like, like rich or anything, but we also weren't like broke. I went, like, I went to a private school, for instance. So I like, we had enough money to send me to a private school. Sure. But after that, no money left. Like right, I was the, right. I was the le- I was the, the, my family, the least amount of means. But my mum founded London Fashion Week. Oh. So, and ran Central Samaritans. So we had kind of like cultural cachet, which meant that, you know, I don't know, I guess it probably helped with, getting into film and because it was a I don't know I was in it wasn't like completely crazy my my dad's a photographer my mom's a fashion designer my my brother now runs like a sort of graphics art school so it's like wow. you know it's all a bit hippie dippy liberal vibes yeah Sunday dinner at your place at your, at your place probably is like all about feelings and shit isn't it do you know what I wish it was. I'm the one who brings the feelings. My dad is actually a full-blown narcissist. Like, I'm not even joking. Like, he doesn't have a strong relationship with his own emotions in a really interesting way. He also is, like, unable to take any, like, you. He, he literally cannot say sorry for anything, which at one point was deeply distressing and traumatizing. Literally went to therapy for multiple years about this. But now I actually just find it quite endearing. It's kind of like, like the like the mental gymnastics he will do to get himself out of any kind of causal blame or anything is is truly it's i like i learn every day from him i'm like teach me how to bullshit do you know what i mean it's been very helpful living in hollywood (laughs) it it, it really it really is incredible sometimes when like some people are just so good at evading responsibility and it makes me jealous it's Trump. It's Trumpy. It's like he can like without any. Doesn't even he doesn't even get that there's a moral issue with it. Yeah, like yeah. he doesn't. Right. Like th- that concept to him is like anathema. It's it's fascinating to. It watch. also feels it's very like, British. It feels very British. Yeah. He to, yeah. He's proper boarding school. Yeah. Went to boarding school at five. Oh wow! Oh, so God. did he even know his parents? Did he ever meet his parents? Had <laughs> ten times in his entire life. His my grandfather, his dad was a architect for the British Empire, so we're already in like murky, you know, ethical territory. And he built all of the like not all of them, but a lot of the big municipal buildings in Lagos in Nigeria. So my granddad and my grandmother lived in Nigeria um like spoke nigerian most like like they were like from nigeria white like colonial people who lived in nigeria and my dad classic british was like you know in this sort of boarding school called taunton which is like one of the ones that they write horror stories about it's like you know i read his report card and it was like this is about a five-year-old jonathan cries at night and he gets the cane the cane is like a piece of bamboo not a candy would, cane, yeah. Not a candy cane, folks, not a candy cane. A cane that they would like hit children with to discipline them. But this motherfucker, like, you'll get like welts. Like it's, oh. it's. Yeah. So it's like, 
I don't know if he was born a narcissist, but they right. sure they sure made him one. Yeah, for sure. Wait, so let me ask you, Augie, what was the because I know you started acting at a very young age. What was the transition to becoming an adult actor like? Because that's obviously been a very difficult one for so many performers, uh, but you seem to have navigated that really well. Um, I don't really know how that happened. There was an awkward time mm -hmm. where like, I was too old to be a kid and too young to be an adult. And so everything just kind of dropped out for a hot second. Um, my solution to that was to have a career in America and have a career in the UK and then play them off against each other. See, raised by narcissists. Thank you. you know you're doing really show. well because you're in a new you're in a new series that I'm really excited to watch. Nolly. Ah, uh, I'm really proud of it. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm really proud of it. I think it's going to be really good. It was me and Helena Bonham Carter for the Obsessed. summer. Obsessed. We got to shoot in Venice. Yeah, done. That's all you need to say. Excuse me, Russell T Davies yeah, writing yeah. it. Yeah. I'm already hard. I'm already hard. It's, We're good. it's a sin. He wrote very British scandal. He wrote Doctor Who. I mean, queer as folk, iconic queer as folk. The man's a genius. He's also way too nice for someone that powerful. Mm. He is. Yeah, it's really. It was a good one. It's directed by a guy called Peter Hoare, who did. Did you guys watch the gay episode of The Last of Us? Yes. Yes. He directed that episode. Oh. Which I genuinely was... think is one of the best episodes of TV I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm. And I don't even really. Know Pretty that magical that yeah. episode. I stopped watching the series after that episode because I was like, I'm done. I don't need to see anything. Else. No, no. Yeah, it's I, so I, good. I mostly watch court cam, but uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll I'll check out this <laughs> The Last of Us sometimes. <laughs> no, but you were you were saying you were no, saying Augie. What was I saying? I was saying about Helen, well, about that show or uh, about becoming an adult. The show. Uh, be, like becoming oh, right, an adult right, actor. Right, right, right. um, do you know what it is? I kind of played them off against each other, and it was like I had different. Like I was kind of the jockey, kind of like handsome leading man guy in the UK. And I fully expected to be able to just that to be the case in America. And then I like walk into casting rooms and everyone's, you know, like six foot four, age 15 and like buff and like everyone's just sort of like, you know, hey, what's going on? Just like super, super sexy. And then it kind of, it kind of like gave me a whole other thing to explore, if that makes sense, which makes me, I don't know, I feel like, and then when it kind of waned, and then I realized I was gay. Well, I always realized I was gay. I knew I was gay when I was eight. I came up with my mom when I was eight. And then she was like, maybe don't be gay. I had, a, I had a drunken fumble, age eight. We weren't actually drunk, but I, was, I had a drunken fumble with, my, with one of my best mates at the time when we were eight. And I was like, oh, it's like, you know, like the, the parents are downstairs having a dinner party or the kids are upstairs, you know, playing doctors and nurses. Yeah. So we were playing doctors and nurses, to, but with two, you know, but two boys at the time, the yeah, early nineties, lots of Vaseline, yeah. scandalous. Uh, and that's when I was like, "Oh, okay." And then, and then I kind of, <laughs> I heard my parents talking about hooking up with like boys hooking up with boys at a dinner party, and talking about it in this way that was like, "Ooh, that's scandalous." And I, in my head, was like, "Oh my god, that's fully what I did multiple times." <laughs> Yeah, all the neighborhood kids. I was like, oh, 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 I'm in big trouble. So I basically like came out to her in order to like placate my sense of guilt that I'd internalized. Oh wow! And then she was like, Hey, how about we not tell anyone about that? And then I didn't very successfully until I was 24. <laughs> oh, 24. Wow. And I'm I'm really surprised. Well, I well, it's kind of semi-famous. I wasn't famous in a way that was actually famous. 
but I felt famous, if that makes sense. Like I would go into a house party in any of the, you know, my age group, London kids' houses, and everyone would be like, what's the guy from Brown Boy? Yeah. yeah. Right, right. I had an ITV children's TV show. And that's the guy from Nickelodeon. That's the guy from not that guy. Yeah, yeah. So I felt like I was the coolest kid in town, obviously. I wasn't. But But I'm I'm a little surprised that your mom, who founded a fashion week, even though this is, yeah, of course we're going back into the 90s, probably, but like I'm a little surprised she wasn't like aughts. you know go prance or whatever you know all of her best friends were great well now she has full revisionist history now she's like oh, i never said that i would never say that to you that's a terrible thing. <gasps> How could you like full reversal like will zero will not concede for a second that there was any issue on this front with her so uh, whatever we we can agree to disagree on that one but i i guess she i guess all of her friends died of aids yeah, like a sure. very large yeah. percentage of her friends died of AIDS, and this was pre the cocktail. Mm-hmm. So we're talking. I was like, it's like ninety four. Yeah. So we're talking about the height of AIDS. Like right. there is no cure. You definitely die at this stage. We've had like you know twenty years of just people dying relentlessly. So I think yeah. she was just traumatized. I mean, she like, you know, I I don't think it was. It wasn't from a sense of homophobia so much. I mean, it is homophobia, but but not intention. You know, of like not course, like yeah, of course. from Tennessee vibes. Like, ooh, yeah. you know, pray the gay wave. It wasn't that. Right. You know, she didn't have anything. She didn't have anything against gay people per se. They were her right. favorite people. It's just I think for her it was associated with death and pain. Yeah. yeah. And she just didn't want that for me. By the way, I I still associate being gay with death and pain. But anyway, go ahead, Alan. <laughs> no, don't we all. But Augie, that that does that, that brings up something interesting in that like I mean I was gonna start off because you have a she devil poster behind you and if like we know you because you're married to like one of our good friends Jeffrey Self like we we know we know you but at the same time the she devil poster is the biggest indication of homosexuality and I wanted to like oh. I mean come on Let's give it a, it's Let's perfect give it some air. it's perfect <laughs> it's perfect I just posted a clip from yeah. she devil and it just like it warmed my heart. <laughs> My favorite thing is the tagline, yeah. which is which has nothing to do with the movie at all. Which is revenge is sweet and low, as in <laughs> like as in like the aspartame sugar. No, thing. I like, didn't know. I didn't know that it was based uh, on a British on a British. Sweet and low. Is that a British thing? Sweet and low. No, no. But the film, the She Devil, is based on a British show or or film or something. Whenever I post the clip, everyone's like, "This was adapted from a British thing." I had no, no idea. Oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah. Now I find the original thing. I know, right? Yes. But no, I say that because I wanted to know, like you were a young actor and like, you know, you weren't about a boy, everyone knew you, but then you you did have to come out in a public way because people knew who you were. And it of course then became like on the a yeah. became a it, thing. What was that like? Like how was that dealing with that yeah. coming That's out? That's when I moved to America. So my my London, my English agents were like, Definitely don't come out. That's a disaster. My my agent at the time also reps, still does, um, Rupert Everett, oh. and oh. had wrecked him for years. <laughs> like when he came out and she watched his career just goodbye implode. You know, he went from the the, the, mm-hmm. the biggest thing in Hollywood to like truly unhirable. So again, it was that sense of, you know, and this is the woman who's you know she saw me when I was like seventeen, and you know she's like a sort of. A dear friend of mine and one of the best for me and, and was, you know, come, it came from a loving place, but she was basically like, 
okay, uh, if you, I mean, do you have to come up? Like, if you, if you must, <laughs> thing. Um, and then my American people were all like, we're so proud of you. That's amazing. You know, like full American, just like completely. Like, That's incredible. You discovered that about yourself. It's just like a journey and we're all on it together. <laughs> really just like super positive, aspirational thinking. And I just kind of did the math in my head. And I was like, I'm going to take a risk and move to America because I think that's going to be more conducive for me. And I'd also fallen in love with my co-star in a movie. I'd been with this girl for about almost six years. And I did this movie with this guy. Um, and we basically secretly, we had a secret love affair on set. Wow. And the lead actor got fired. So what was supposed to be like a six week shoot became like a 12 week shoot. Oh, so we were just having like, you know, we had like sexy time during lunch and just like, you know, we had this sordid love affair. And I basically realized on that job that I was fully gay. I mean, I was just, I mean, I'm, I'm like somewhere between gay and bi, but heavily weighted towards being gay. And I've only just kind of rediscovered the bi side recently. You know, I yeah, like- very British, very British. <laughs> very, very, yeah. I basically got back to who I was when I was eight, which is great. You know, it's like, <laughs> I knew the whole time I should have just trusted myself. Ain't that, the, ain't that you know, that's life. Um, but you- I, I guess kind of, I, I, because I had so many, I don't know, I feel like the, the key to staying in a work is to just, I know it sounds a bit, it's a bit tragic, but I guess just to like evolve. Mm. I think because I had so many new starts, I was like, you know, I had the English thing and then I was Americans. I was now the eccentric kind of geeky kind of alternate, alternate lead. And then, and then, and then when I came out, I was now like the gay guy, but is he really gay? Cause he doesn't seem that gay. But he's <laughs> gay yeah, maybe he's just British. I don't know. So it's just this like, I don't, I guess that's. Yeah. Do you, is it a uniquely American thing to encounter um, people like me who have to talk when they hear a British accent, they have to put one on. It's so bloody stupid. Don't do that again, Elliot. Don't do it again. I've stupid. never heard you do that before. I love it. It was really good. It's bloody it good. daft. It's bloody daft. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> I can't help it. It sounds a little cockneyed, but it's stupid. Jimmy really Collins on the podcast. More than any other people. It's, it's mostly an American thing. Of course, because we, we must talk like we must do the dumb, dumbest idiot. <laughs> the idiotic <laughs> right. thing you can post. It's kind of do it as well. Oh, you're American? Oh my God. <laughs> this is a full valley girl. <laughs> it works the other way. Whereas Americans seem to be like, it's Dick Van Dyke. Every single one of you does Dick Van Dyke. Yep. It's straight to Dick Van Dyke. Yep, it's the it's, it's the dumbest. It's, Hello, Mary Poppins. It's that. Yeah, <laughs> Hello, governor. It makes it's me so wonder, stupid. like how like how would a German person do a British accent in an? Oh, that's a great God. question. I've I've. You know what I, I mean? was Just thinking the same thing. Without any humor or irony. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I will. I will say, <clears throat> my my favorite thing is when an English actor does a really good dumb American accent because it really is not a reversible thing. Like, yes, we all sound like Jim Chimuri. You know, it's so, we're dumb, we are Dick Van Dyke, but when Emily Blunt does like, oh, I've Emily heard her Blunt. do like dumb American, when you do it, it's, it's just, it's a delightful thing. Oh, I love it. I it, love it. It's because we have for every geographic place in the UK, there's essentially multiple accents depending on what class you're in. Oh, sure. Yeah which is a whole other nefarious part of British culture that's like full blown Slytherin. You know, it's like, just like, you know, 
bad. It's just, it's just trauma that we've all agreed is a, is a thing that we're allowed to do. So it's like, I could tell what school someone went to, depending on their accent, when I was 14. Like oh, wow. each school has a different accent. And if you go to different cities, and then these cities are like half an hour away from each other, and they'll have completely different, like not even a little bit sound the same. And I think it's, I don't know what that is. I guess it's just, you know, such an old, it's I mean, we're talking like, that country's old. You know, there's like, my friend, my friend's parents, have a house that was built in like 1166 or something. Oh, it's what? It. it must smell. It does. Oh, no, I love it. And this moment mostly is it's the ceilings. Oh, really <laughs> no, no. Of like having to sort of, you know, like duck when you get into the door. I, I think it's just that the things were so, you know, stagnant, I guess. People, you know, people were, people were smaller and thing, you know, people weren't like, People were smaller. Wait, I will ver. I want to verify too that that does sound distinctly British. But being from New York, I can tell a, a yeah. Long Island accent versus a Queens versus Brooklyn. Like I can, I know there's a subtle difference, and it's all in like the laziness. Like the Long Island <laughs> New York accent is is late. It's like lazier, but like and Brooklyn and you know, Brooklyn's you know harder. But like I can mm-hmm. tell, there is a difference, and I, I don't know if I would say for me it's, it might not be class as much as it is geography. But but no. you're not wrong. I mean, I mean that, that all lines up. I mean, the East Coast is very, you know, it's the closest you can get to sort of British mm-hmm. culture. I mean, I mean, there's an element of definitely in New York. There's definitely a still, you know, the upper, you know, upper West, upper East. Like it's, you know, there's kind of, you know, mid Atlantic sort yeah. of like. You know, Catherine Hepper, and everybody kind of talks, and there's like, you know, there's that that thing, like <laughs> like fake on Gertrude Stein approach to being a New Yorker, or there's you know like the complete other. It, it it operates on a similar. It's just that class in America is defined by wealth. Yeah. And I think celebrity is actually it's is it's full blown own currency in America yeah. in a well, way that just 100%. doesn't in the UK. It's like what you were saying about your family in the beginning is that like you know, you, you weren't wealthy, but you come from like, you have the cultural cachet. So there's a bit of, there's a, there's a currency that is involved in that. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that's, I don't know. We're probably going to move to New York. We've we've been 11 years in LA and it's, Jeffrey was 10 years. So we're thinking it might be, it might be time to move back. Time to spend more money on rent. I think, yeah, I think that's a good idea. I want to be crowded. I want to not be able to raise a family. I want to smell like shit everywhere. I yeah. want it to be. Right, to right. Me. I'll take the she devil well, when you guys leave. I'll take that. Uh, the she devil place will come with us. That'll, we'll live in that. That'll be this, I mean, that'll take over the entire wall of our bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> well, Augie, uh, thank you so much for doing the podcast. Where can people find you online? Where can they follow you? You can find me at, at Augustus Prue. Um, my name on Instagram is Augie Ponky Prudel, which was a total act. It's actually my Facebook name when I was like 13 or 14, because I was obviously felt famous, so I had to make up a fake name. Hilarious. And then, <laughs> on Facebook for Instagram, and they were like, no more fake names, everyone has to have a real name. I basically got away with Augie Ponky Prudel. Oh, so my the God. Rest of them were like, hello, Mr. Ponky, is Mr. Ponky here? I'm Augie Ponky Prudel online. L O L. That is so yeah. funny. Oh my God. And I can't be bothered to cry. So I, I'm at Augustus Prue, Augie Ponky Prudel. And another.
another thing. I was talking with somebody recently and we were uh, talking about how like our first cell phones and I just, I basically forgot that I didn't have a cell phone until college and I was sort of a holdout. Um, yeah. As a yeah. freshman at NYU, I started with a landline and sure. sort of insisted on it. Like I didn't, I could have gotten a cell phone like in, that was 2001. So I easily could have gotten a cell phone in 2000 and you know, like I could have gotten a cell yeah. phone, but I never had a beeper, never had a cell phone. And I got my first Nokia brick in 2001. Mm. I don't think I got an, an iPhone, a real smartphone. I'd never got a Blackberry uh -huh. and I didn't have yeah. an iPhone until maybe 20, maybe 2010. No. Oh, but, I was way yeah. later. I actually can tell you when I got my first iPhone, it was at the end of 2013. Oh wow! Yeah. What did you I have before very that? Latest. I had I had you know phones that you could use to access uh, like email and shit, but that was it. That was all I. What that was all? I what had. what what was that? What manufacturer was that? I mean, uh, I don't remember. Probably, uh, yeah, I can't remember now. Probably a Samsung or something. Mm. Interesting. But, yeah. Did, I, did I will also a... say I I was always so anxious whenever my I don't know if you guys were like this, but whenever my parents were like five minutes late, I was terrified that something had happened. So <laughs> no. I my mom was always 30 minutes late. I was not yeah, terrified. Right. in seventh grade. I bought my dad a car phone so that he could call us <gasps> in seventh grade in seventh grade. So he could call us when Where'd he was the running money late on the way home from I was a paper boy. You got oh, Paperboy money to buy a phone in what, 2000? Yeah. By the way, Paperboys make a fucking ton. Can I tell you? Can I just brag for a second here? Are they all boys? When I <laughs> when I was a Paperboy, one uh, winter, this, this was like 97, one Christmas, I made $500 in tips. Really? Wow. It's like it's remarkable. like a lot for me still. <laughs> like I take yeah. 500 bucks now. <laughs> yeah, of course. That's wild. Uh, I can't believe you spent your paperboy money. I can't believe that was enough to buy a phone because phones back in the day were like it was cheap. I mean, they're still expensive now, but they were insanely expensive. Yeah, they uh, were pretty expensive. It, it was whatever I got was like the cheapest one. I probably only used yeah. it like three. You went to Radio times, Shack but... and shit, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah, of course. Did yeah. you yeah. did you also bypass the I mean obviously you did. You bypassed the Blackberry era. But Alan, yeah. did you working no. in politics? So I so I didn't know. I had I remember I love my phone history. I love this topic. It's my favorite <laughs> topic. It's like one of my go-to <laughs> things at like a bar and shit, or like if I'm hanging out with people, I mean like Remember that Nokia ringtone? Like, it's like, it's so nostalgic for me. It brings me so much joy. I remember going to, I think, Office Depot or something with my mother right before I left for school to buy my first cell phone. Because before that, I had a beeper. And we both got, we both joined Sprint at that moment. And we got the exact same, like, our phone numbers are literally exactly the same, except for the last two digits. So oh, we, we have so that's how i always remember my mom's number but also it's my mom you should remember your mother's number anyway and we got the nokia brick phone and i had that for years and then i transitioned into like a flip phone that was like silver and had like a like a screen on the outside that showed who was calling which was like revolutionary and then i had a flip phone that was called the katana and it was like a mm. Tana. It was a black George Sandos' drag queen no, name. It was, yeah, right? No, you should look it up. It was called the Katana Sprint Sonia, Sonio, I forget. And it had, it was like a black phone and it was like a flip thing and it was kind of rectangular and it was so yeah. fucking cool. But then yeah. 
when I was working in sort of more businessy stuff, I had a transition and I had a Blackberry for like, Oh, I would, I was like going to guess a few years. I, I had the cool Blackberry. It wasn't like the business one where you use two hands to sort of do it. I had the hand like in the later years of black and I only had it for like, yeah. two years. and it was like a cute little red sort of looking brick thing. And it was so I could take yeah. pictures on it and tweet from it. It was like a whole What's thing. It? Wait, wait, what year was that? It had to have been like, because it was right before I got the iPhone. And I think I got the iPhone right after it was introduced, like 2008, like 2007. Oh, my so God. I got the iPhone around 2008. So wow. it had to have been like 2006 to 2008 because I went from BlackBerry to iPhone. Did you say you could tweet from your BlackBerry in 2006? Yeah. Or it wasn't Twitter then. I could do other things. But I think other things. I think Twitter came out. When did Twitter come out? Because I think it came out in 2007 as well. Um, I think. I don't remember. I but, could but be wrong. Did you? So was and if, I don't know why it no, yeah, matters, I did. I did tweet from my BlackBerry because it, Twitter was introduced in 2006, and I joined like right after it started. So I definitely was using my BlackBerry to to tweet and stuff in 2000. Twitter was around in 2006. March 2006. It said it was founded. Yeah. Wow. I, lo I love watching episodes of Kel on Earth, that, that insane reality show, and they're all on their Blackberries. And yeah. Such, yeah. Like, I remember, you know, the people uh, like the dot com I worked at right out of college. Everyone was always on their Blackberries. Yeah. Um, I didn't understand. I didn't even understand era. exactly what it was. Like, I didn't. Right. I was like kind of aware, like that people would be able to like, but you needed that. Like, you couldn't write. You can send con communication in the subway, could you? No, you could never use Who it. Cares? On the subway. I could. I couldn't use it on the subway. I remember that. I always had to like wait to come up to like when I was I was living in Brooklyn, and I would take the Q train to work, and it would go over the Brooklyn Bridge, and I would always yeah, that's what I had when I got over the Brooklyn Bridge, so I could like check my email and like do my texts and like all the things. What were you doing on a BlackBerry? You you would text everybody, or was it a what's it called like a BBM? No. Blackberry message. Oh, yeah, maybe it was Blackberry. I don't really remember that. I don't remember because I only used it for such a short period of time. And then I got the right. iPhone. So literally, I like mm. jumped into the smartphone era, which I guess the iPhone is the smartphone era. I jumped into that real quick. And only there was a brief yeah. period there in like 2014 where I switched over to Android and I was like, this is horrible. I'm switching back <laughs> and <laughs> threw it in the garbage. Yeah, I literally I had it for like three months and I was like, this is a piece of shit. I think but, I remember that when your like texts went green for like yeah, a few months. And there was a period there yeah. and it was because I had I was like, OK, let's see what I think I got frustrated by something. I don't know. It was impulsive. It was me joining WeWork like we talked about in in. Oh, you son of a bitch this week. You can go subscribe on Patreon. But then I switched to uh, the iPhone and I distinctly remember like the first year or something on the iPhone. <laughs> so stupid. My friend Brian and I were at a party and I was like the only one who had an iPhone. Right. And we were yeah. on one of the old dude sites. I forget like whatever the hookup sites were then. I forget what they were. And we were like on Manhunt or something, something like that. I don't know. Probably Manhunt. And we were messaging someone who was like, because you could do like geo tag on the iPhone at that point like like you can now but like it was really exciting then and we were at this party and we were looking for guys in the area at the time and there was this one dude who was super creepy sending us super creepy pics so Brian and I kept taking weird pictures of ourselves and sending to him on my iPhone on a website it was so we were so oh blown God. away by it I was like this is the life <laughs> <laughs> my dad had a Palm Pilot and a Trio was that a thing a Trio I remember a Trio yeah. 
and they were so pilots. cool yeah <laughs> yeah with like stylus the stylus and everything my like, mom sidekick. never had a sidekick now my friend like, my friend had a sidekick best. and she would with the side she, my friend I'm, had a sidekick and she would load live journal on her sidekick and it would take <gasps> forever to load a live uh, journal i still remember being like you don't need that <laughs> i just want to throw out my mom got her first cell phone one year ago <laughs> wow <laughs> wow that's so- she also she also forwarded me this was great uh i sent it to you guys my mom forwarded me last weekend an email that was Pharrell Williams' happy music video. And she goes, I love this video. And I was like, you are a decade late, lady. Oh, my God. What would your aunt say? What would your Aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's show, Brent? I've never heard you mention Manhunt before. I just went to the website. There's only one profile left, and it's Elliot's. I saw your face change when I said Manhunt. Uh, my Aunt Joanne would say, I don't know what Augie finds so funny about American accents. <laughs> How about Aunt Joanne? Aunt Joanne? She's Joanne this week. <laughs> what did I say? Aunt Joanne. I somehow always forget. Yeah, too. Yeah. Wow. Wow. What would Annie Ann say? Guys, what would Annie Ann say? Would say <laughs> um, I don't really try. I don't use my phone too much because I accidentally took a picture of my feet once and then I tweeted it and I got a weird followers. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a true Oh my story. God. Aunt Anna is always she so did, good. She posted a picture. It wasn't to Twitter, but she posted a picture of her feet, an accidental picture she took of her feet, which was of her manicure, but it was, oh, wow. she was intending to show that to Facebook. And then it just got the weirdest comment. I can imagine. That is so funny. I actually have what I was I, the one body part of mine that I approve of and like are my legs. So I'm oh. like, maybe I should make like a leg, like a leg fetish only fan. Wiki legs. Just show. Oh, that's the one that people always <laughs> talk about. My legs. They always talk about my my thighs. They love my thighs. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, bye. <laughs>